You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Amen, amen. It's the campus in the house. Yes. This is the ministry that I truly believe will change the world. And so I want to welcome you here with a quote. Uh, it's by this guy, Charles Malik. He's the former Secretary General of the United Nations. Okay. And he said this, The university is the clear-cut fulcrum with which to move the world. More potent than by any other means. Change the university, and you will change the world. Do you believe that here today? Do you believe that God has put you on your campus to be able to have an impact that will change the world? If that's what you're here to do, then I want to welcome you to the campus section of our conference today. Amen, guys? Great to have you here. We have some incredible speakers. Obviously, you know the dearly loved Yomi Bello and Kia Pope will be sharing today. Uh, we also have all the way from L.A., Luke and Brandon Speckman today. And then it's a privilege to have my wife and I be able to preach powerfully. He reigns with excellence. Amen? And so uh, we're going to start off with a prayer here. We're going to jump on in. And guys, let's buckle up. Because we want to give you some great practicals uh, to really have an impact on your ministry and on your campus that I truly believe will change London and echo around Europe. Amen, guys? Let's pray at this time. Father God, again, we come before you just um, in awe, God, that you would choose us at this time to be able to have this impact. Um, Father, there's so many people that don't even have the opportunity to go to, to school, to go to university, to go to campus, God. They don't have the money. They don't have the resources. Help us not to take that in vain. Help us to remember, God, that you set the times and places for us to live, for us to be. And while we are there, Help us to be a light, a light, God, that will inspire the men and women on our campuses to seek after you. They're already studying. They're already trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. God, help us to have the heart to not only love uh, being excellent for you, but also love helping others so that they too can be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. We love you, God. Be with all the speakers today. I pray this time glorifies you and your sons, and we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite my beautiful wife to come on up here this time. Come on, sir. Amen. Well, guys, um, again, very, very encouraged to be with you. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my, my name is Andrew. This is my beautiful wife, Patrick. Uh, we lead the New York City International Christian Church. Amen. And uh, it's cool because I, I was converted as a campus student. And so uh, I was converted back May 2000. Uh, I was a junior at Cornell University. And uh, this girl basically cut in front of me in line and invited me out to a singles retreat. Um, come to find out that uh, she gave my number to these guys who called me, said, Andrew, would you be interested in studying the Bible? And they drove down an hour and a half because the church wasn't where Cornell was. The church was in Syracuse, an hour and a half away. These guys called me up and said, hey, do you want to learn more about God? I was like, sure, why not? Drove an hour and a half, did not, have not, didn't meet me, just called me on the phone. Hour and a half drive, just to study the Bible with me. Um, fell in love with God. I actually got baptized at the same singles retreat that girl invited me to, wow. maybe a month or two later. Wow. And so I, I truly believe God had a plan for my life. Um, you know, I've been able to be a part of campus ministries now. 
I've been a campus minister for years, but I would say it's been, I've been on 11 different campuses over the years um, in four different cities. And so I, I do believe that God has given us the experience to be able to share some insights that will be able to be helpful for you today. Um, I've been there. I know what it's like to take 18 credits and have a job and you know run organizations and do all that stuff and be a disciple at the same time. And so that's really what it's all about. Take a look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. You know, the Bible says here, the, the title of our lesson is really, He Reigns with Excellence. Well, you know, as a campus student... Why is that important? You know, isn't it just good to just give your best? Well, giving your best is great. But God expects even more. Mm-hmm. Because he gave his best for us. Mm-hmm. Second Corinthians chapter 8, the Bible says here very clearly in verse 7, But just as you what? What, what? Excel. Okay, I want to make sure everyone gets there. Because man, we're, we're a Bible church, right guys? Okay. It says here in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7, But just as you excel in everything. everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, why can't I just excel in the things I'm good at? we got to excel in everything. And so if you're a campus student, it's not enough to say, well, you know, I'm good in this area, but I I just kind of blow off that area. No, we've got to be able to excel in everything. In Mark chapter 7, verse 37, uh, people were amazed at Jesus because he did everything well. Are you with me here? And so that's the art we need to have for the campus ministry. Excellence is throughout the Bible. And so despite the rigors of campus life, there's no real excuse not to do well spiritually and be fruitful for the Lord and be a great student at the same time. Amen? So we want to talk about briefly three areas of excellence we need to have. Um, A daily focus. Number one is spiritual excellence. Spiritual excellence. Um, And this is your personal walk with God. Remember, if you're a campus student... Well, that's great, but that means you're just on a certain campus and you're a student on that campus. But what, who are you first a student of? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Right. To be a disciple is to be what? A student, a follower. That's the definition. The Greek, mathetes, it means student, follower. You with me here? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we're on campus and we forget, hold on a second, I'm still supposed to be a student here of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm on a campus, but I'm still a student of Jesus. You with me here? And so what are the key areas of excellence we need to focus on? Well, there, there are four key areas of spiritual excellence I want to challenge us to do. You know, you're sitting on a chair right now, correct? Yeah. There are four legs to that chair. Come on, bro. I want to give you four key things that will help us to be spiritually excellent. Number one, Bible study. Mm. Bible study is God talking to you. Yeah. If you don't have Bible study, you're not hearing from God. Unless he's going to part the heavens and start talking to you from the skies. It's not going to happen. You with me here, guys? In Job, chapter 23, verse 12. uh, This is one of my favorite scriptures about Bible study. Job 23, verse 12. It says, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Amen. Is that the way you feel about your Bible study? I would challenge you to basically not eat. If you have a tough time having a, a good Bible study, just don't eat. Don't eat until you have your quiet time. Come on, bro. And the same hunger that you feel right there, you're like, man, that's the way I should be feeling Come on, about having a time with God. You with me here? Yeah. That's what Job says. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Yeah. We got to study the word of God. Yeah. Get books. Go to DPI. Go, go to wherever you want to go. But get good books yeah. that will inspire you. Yeah. Um, another area is prayer. Yeah. And I want to challenge you. Remember now, Bible study is God talking to you. Prayer is you talking to God. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have a one-way conversation. God doesn't want to have a one-way conversation with you. You with me here? Yeah. In Psalms chapter 5, verse 3. Mm-hmm. 
What's powerful about this passage and uh, is, is realizing that prayer, I mean, one of the things about campus students is I think a lot of people, when they get to campus, they learn how to pray real quick. <laughs> because they realize it's overwhelming. Yeah. And that's the thing. Campus teaches you about life. It really does. It puts so many things on your plate because every professor thinks that their class is the only class you're going to take. Yeah. You with me? You ever, ever feel that? Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and so here in Psalms chapter 5, verse 3, it says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Is that the heart you have for prayer? And I want to challenge you. Get down on your knees. Because there's something about getting down on your knees to pray. It it connects your heart. When your body is in a certain position, it connects your heart too. And your mind. And you really can lay your burdens down at the foot of the cross. You with me here? At this time, I'm going to have Patricia. Amen. I'm really honored to be able to speak to everyone today. Um, I was not converted in campus. I was converted in my second month working as an attorney. Mm-hmm. And I was very grateful that God saved me at that time. Because if he didn't, I would have thrown myself into my career. Amen. And it might have been even more difficult for me to humble out to become a Christian. Um, but I know one of the most challenging things when you're on campus, you're taking all those classes whether it's sciences, math, or humanities, um, it, you need a lot of prayer, yeah, you do. Um, especially during finals time. Mm-hmm. Um, when you feel like the world is closing in on you <laughs> because you have so much work to do and you're not sure how it's going to get done. Right. Um, and, you know, ladies, uh, for me, I have to know my weaknesses in my walk with God. Um, I love Bible study. I can study the Bible. I remember I studied the Bible for three hours one day. And I was, I just wanted to do more. And then I looked at the time and I thought, it's 12 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get up and work. <laughs> I need to go do something. Um, so and that's not a challenge for me. A challenge for me is prayer. And I think, you know, as a woman, you know, we can, we love to multitask, right? And we get up ready to work. We wake up thinking, what am I going to do today? Yeah. I have laundry. I got to cook. I got to do this. I gotta do that. And so for me, prayer can be challenging. I, I, I naturally have a prideful character. And so that means that my reliance on God is not going to be where it needs to be, which means that my prayer life is not going to be where it needs to be. So I fight for my prayer life. Um, for me, I get up between 5.30 and 6.30 in the morning. Um, I like to get up before my children and before my husband. While it's still dark, because I want to imitate Jesus. Um, yeah, well, while it's still dark, and especially in the States now, because we just like lost it, we, we fell back an hour. Mm-hmm. And I love it because I feel like it's just me and God. That's right. It's, it's like me and God are the only two people in existence. Come on. And um, I type up my prayers um, because I can get distracted with the dishes and the children's clothing and things like that. Yeah, and so I type up my prayer, and I like to make it inspirational. Um, I, I, For me, going by the water would be great, but, you know, I got two kids in, the, in my house. I can't just believe it. I just can't leave them. Um, plus, it's 5 there in the morning. It's a little dangerous in New York City at that time. Um, so I like to, but I love nature, so what I do is I get a watermark. I, it's the fall right now in the States, as it is here, and I love when the leaves change color. And so what I did is I got a watermark for my um, Word document, and I, I put it up so I can type over it and look at some of my favorite scenes of the fall. And I just pour my heart out to God. 
and I get to pray and share my emotions with him and pray for the sisters and the brothers and the ministries and the churches and I really take as much time as I want because I get to get up that early and just pray to God um, and when I do that I feel prepared for the day I feel confident when I when I have enough prayer time and I get to read my Bible deeply afterwards I feel confident when I enter my day and so I think this is huge for us because I know for me in the same way prayer is one of those things where it exposes your pride um, because Bible study is another in, in a sense you could think oh it's another book I need to read instead of realizing no these are the spiritual instructions to keep me faithful today Amen. Praise the Lord. and if I don't stay focused on this Satan will tempt me yeah I mean, having a, not having a quiet time is stupidity. Yeah. Because that means you're going out there and the devil's a lie and he's just like, okay, fine, you really don't want to defend yourself. That's okay. You don't want to defend yourself against the lust, against the deceit, against the cheating, against the pride that you're going to be facing today. Yeah. Because you're just so awesome. <laughs> and so we got to repent of that. Yeah. And for me, I had to repent. I, I mean, now I'm, in, I'm fighting just to pray more throughout the day. Um, Daniel did it three times a day. You know? I mean, it, it helps you to focus on, really, your relationship with God. We need to be excellent in those areas. Um, Bible study prayer. Here's another thing. Confession. Amen. I think confession is great. Because it's taking personal inventory about where you're at. Yep. Sometimes you got to pray in order to kind of figure out, man, where really is my heart? Because you can get so dull, your heart can get so hard, that you don't even know where your, heart, your, your, your head is at. And so you really need, turn over to Hebrews 3 here, you really need a discipling partner to talk to daily. Yeah. If you're not talking to your discipling partner daily, that's stupid too. <laughs> Guys, seriously. You got a partner in the gospel. Guys, when I was at Cornell, I was one of the, I think I was the first guy baptized there. And we, the, the, the ministry grew from 1 to 11. I remember Jen Watkins being a Cornell. And Jen Watkins driving me up to Syracuse in that little Honda. I, I remember it was real early. We had to leave early because we had to get there early too. I remember when we first started saying about that was that was it. And so, but you need people in your life. I remember Chris Broom calling me every day, just just connecting. It doesn't have to be long. Sometimes it's a text, sometimes it's a call, but you want to connect. Hebrews 3, the Bible says it right here. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from living God, but encourage one another every Sunday? No. No, it says daily. As long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, the campus life can deceive you into thinking that you don't need God. Yeah. Thinking that you don't need the fellowship. Mm. And so you got to confess. you got to get open. Bro, you know, I was walking around on campus today, and all these girls walking around in the, in the hot summer heat like they ain't got no sense. Yeah. Totally dressed inappropriately. I remember one brother was like, bro, I just need to walk with my head to the ground. <laughs> I'm not even going to look up. I'm just going to walk with my head to the ground. I'll look up. Yeah. Really? <laughs> he took a picture, man. I'm looking up. Right <laughs> um, and so, I mean, seriously, like, whatever you got to do. Bro, I'm really, I'm, I'm just, to be honest with you, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I got a couple midterms coming up, and I, I'm, I'm tempted to want to cheat. I'm tempted to want to, uh, you know, just be anxious and afraid. Are you getting your heart open to clean your heart out right there? And then the last thing is personal evangelism. Take a look over in Acts 17. Come on, Andrew. We need to be personally evangelistic. You know, I think for us... Campus. What's so great about campus, guys, is that you have all these people that are coming onto one little place to study. That's all they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
they don't really have jobs where they're running around doing all this. Stuff. They're just in one place studying all the time. Yeah. Guys, we can share our faith and study the Bible with people. Amen. Let me show you something else. I actually study the Bible during finals. During finals week is when I study the Bible. So if I can make it, there are people that can make it at your school too. Amen. You with me here, guys? Go after it. Share during your lunch hour. Have fun. Share in your class. It, it's kind of cool. And I'll explain more about this later when we talk about ministry excellence. But I think just your personal evangelism is huge because it helps you to love other people. Yes. It helps you to really build friendships. Acts 17, I always love this scripture because it talks about cold contact evangelism. You know, some people think, well, unless you have a, a personal relationship with someone, you can't really, you know, connect with them. I'm like, no, I, I think that's nonsense. Come on, bro. Right? The Bible says here in Acts 17, in verse 16, it says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. And trust me, your ministry is full of idols. Mm. Yeah, sorry, your campus is full of idols. Yeah. Your campus is the Athens. Mm. The intellectual capital. Yeah. You with me here? Yeah. All right. It goes on. Verse 17. So... As a result of him being greatly distressed, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. Cold contact evangelism. If you were to go around the church and ask how many people, how many people were just met cold contact? Trust me. And in New York City, probably 70, 80%, if not more. Same thing on campus, guys. And so we got to have a deep conviction. It goes on here. It's really funny because Paul goes on to talk about to talk to these Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. That's what you're going to meet in school. You're going to meet the philosophy majors. Mm. You're going to meet all the atheists, the agnostics. They don't know what they're talking about. Mm. Trust me, guys. Share your faith. Love people. I think evangelism is so important because when you stop evangelizing, you stop loving. It is a test from God to see where your heart really is at. Whether you're self-focused or you're outwardly focused. You with me here? So we got to have that spiritual excellence. Those four legs of the chair right there, remember that. Amen. You remember those four areas? Bible study, prayer, confession, evangelism. You're doing all right. You with me? Now, the second area of of, uh, excellence is academic excellence. Now we need to talk about it. The spiritual excellence is like your spiritual GPA. You You with me here? How's your spiritual GPA doing? You know, maybe your academic GPA may be like, you know, if you're an engineering major, maybe it's like, you know, 3.327, whatever it is. I don't know what the, 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 what's the American or the British scale here? Is it 4.0? What's what's the British scale? Okay, so basically, in the British scale, okay, however it is, long story short, you got, you know, uh, exemplary, um, uh, excellent, satisfactory, below average, derelict. And so whatever it is, (laughs) it's kind of like, I remember remember we used to talk about it in uh, in, uh, campuses you have, you know, Summa cum laude, you know, 3.7. Then you have magna cum laude. Then you have cum laude. And then you're like, thank you, Lord. I just graduated. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but long story short, you have the academic excellence. Now, key thing here, it's funny because a lot of the academic excellence results, it, it, you'll see the ties to your spiritual excellence. Totally. For example, your Bible study, your, your willingness to get in there, examine, dig deep. In the same way with academic excellence, you got to plan to study. Yeah. You gotta have a schedule. You have a have, you have to have a planner. Now I know you say you have a planner. The question is, are you using it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me you have a planner. I want to see your planner. I want you to open it up and I want you to show me. That's 
the kind of heart you need to have. I sat down with a, a brother I'm deciding the other day, and I'm like, bro, I took all the days of the week. I broke down literally hour by hour by hour. And we went through all his classes, all the kingdom stuff, you know, stuff we have with the kingdom, um, D times, everything laid on out so he could see you have time. Campus students are like, oh, I don't have time. What are you talking about? Come back in like 15 years when you're married with two kids, overseeing churches and all that stuff, and tell me you, have, you don't have time. <laughs> you have so much time, you don't even know what to do with. Come on. Yeah. You don't know how to use your time. Yeah. Because you think, oh, there's so much. No, you just need to plan. Isaiah 32, verse 8. Come on, Come on, Andrew. Uh, I'm just going to quote it for you. A noble man mm-hmm. makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. Mm-hmm. If you want to be noble, you have, first of all, you got to be a noble man by being that spiritually excellent. Then you have to have noble plans. And by noble deeds, you will stand. Amen. You can't have noble deeds if you don't have noble plans. Yeah. You with me here, guys? Yeah. And I always love Acts 17 where it talks about the Bereans were noble than the Thessalonians for they eagerly examine the scriptures every day. So that, 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 noble, that being noble, that having that better character is the heart to eagerly examine. Yeah. Like, are you eagerly examining your plans? Maybe you have a plan, but you think, I don't need to go back to examining the plan and restructuring, seeing if this is working out. So maybe like you have a plan for studying for your classes, but maybe that plan is not working out. Are you adjusting your plan to make it work? Or are you just kind of going along with the same thing, expecting different results? You with me here? Yeah. You've got to organize and prioritize. Um, another area of academic ethics we need to focus on is do your readings and see them as important. I think very often, Proverbs 14, very often we look at... Um, you know, our studies, and we're like, man, I can't stand this class. I don't want to do this. I've been there. I remember taking this one class, regression analysis. Oh, my gosh. I hated that class. I, w- I sat in the back at first, and then I was like, all right, I'm a disciple. i got to repent. So then I sat in the front row, and I still fell asleep. <laughs> I mean, the guy was so monotone, and his eyes would just be like this. And he'd be talking to you like this. I'm not joking. And he'd be talking to you in a, in a monotone voice. Like no kind of charisma whatsoever. And so I'm trying desperately. I'm like, God, please. And still, I remember just taking notes one day. And I was like, and my head hit the back of the chair. And it like resonated through the classroom. <laughs> You gotta go. And now, the other thing, too, ask questions. Um, in a sense, you, got, you gotta see it as important. Proverbs 14, this is huge, because in Proverbs 14, verse 6, the Bible says, um, The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. I think sometimes we can mock our classes. Like, man, I don't wanna take that. Well, you know what? If you think you're gonna pass, you probably won't. If you think you're gonna do well, you probably won't. You got to take your classes seriously. You know what I'm talking about? Because that class that you really don't like, if you just crank it out and do well, that may be the difference between you getting into an advanced program over somebody else. You with me here? Um, Another area of academic excellence you got to focus on is get advice by going to office hours. If you don't understand something, like I mentioned before, ask questions in class. I'm paying too much money for me not to understand this. <laughs> I'm like, listen, if I'm in class and I don't understand something, I'm like, professor, you know, whoever, I'm sorry. Can you explain this, please? I think a lot of times people just get so prideful that they don't want to get open. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, I'm paying good money to be here. Right? Now, you may be on scholarship. I actually, I had a scholarship. But still, <laughs> like, 
you, you still need to be able to say, listen, I'm giving my time. I don't want to waste the next hour and a half of my time and not understand what you're talking about. Raise your hand. And you know what's funny? When I raise my hand, people come to me afterwards. Thanks for raising your hand. Yeah. I, I had the same question, but I was too afraid to ask. You got to be courageous. Amen, guys? Um, go to your professor. Go to his office hours. I think sometimes, you know, Patrick was great. She, both of us were tutors back in the day. And uh, I think very often people go to tutors before going to the, to the professor first yeah. or asking questions. And then your tutor's like, dude, why didn't you? Do, did you do your readings? No. Did you go to the professor to ask questions and get No. What do you think? You want me to do this for you? Yeah. You with me here? You got to go there, guys. Proverbs 18, verse 15, the Bible is very clear. It says, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. Is that your heart here about going after um, office hours and tutoring? And then the last thing here in regards to academic excellence is um, really meeting a lot of new friends and getting counsel from more people. Proverbs 15 here. What's cool about this is that when I was in school as a disciple, I started sitting around in different places. It's a really good way to share your faith. And it's also a really good way to meet new people that you can get help from. What I mean is this. Most times, people go to class, and they sit in the same place all the time. Everyone gets their seat. It's my seat. And after the first couple weeks, that's your seat. Be a disciple. Change it up a bit. Start sitting in different places. Number one, it'll help you to share your faith because you're meeting new people. And number two, you can connect with them and get them to help you so that now, wow, you have more friends that can help you pass these classes and do great. Um, I know for me, being a campus student... I was incredibly undisciplined. For about the first year and a half, I didn't even have a planner. I didn't even know they had planners. I saw a friend of mine with a planner, and I was like, what's that? (laughs) What an invention. I think I want to get one of those. And so I did. I got one, and I put all my appointments in them. But then I never looked at it outside of putting my appointments in. And so I would double book, triple book, quadruple book. And then I would prioritize. So what's the most important thing for me to go to? And I would go to that. And then when people from the org- other organizations would come up to me and be like, Patrick, where were you? We were counting on you. I'm looking at them like, I am busy. Oh my gosh. I have things to do. How dare you question me? I'm like, get with the program. You should be grateful I even wanted to come to your club meeting. Yeah, so I was prideful, arrogant, and undisciplined. And so I decided to get my planner out. And what helped me wasn't just having the planner. It was actually caring. Like caring that I was like making someone meet me someplace and not showing up. Mm-hmm. And I was totally disrespecting their time. Exactly. And so because I started caring about it, I started to look in my planner and really make my appointments. And then I also started to do a lot more more intense leadership roles on campus. Like I was in student council. I was a part of a sorority. I was the vice president. I was on the um, executive board of several clubs. And I really needed to go to those appointments and not stand them up. I also learned how to put my academic schedule into my planner. And what I mean by that is this. I would take all my syllabi and I would look at all the dates I had exams, papers, projects and I would put them into my planner and I would look about one to two weeks ahead every week to make sure in two weeks I have a 20 page paper due. You can't look at that assignment Monday, it's due Friday and think I'm going to get my 20 page paper done and all the other 20 page papers and all my readings and all my projects. No, you got to look at that two weeks before so that you make sure. So you know as a woman I had to make sure that I did those things Um, and when I went to my professor, I love that Andrew talked about that. I had a goal 
goal, and my goal was to pick his mind. I wanted to understand how does my professor think, because how I think really doesn't matter. In academia, they want you to spit something back out. Yep. Most professors aren't. I, I encourage independent thought. And when I look at your paper that is based on independent thought, I will respect your independent thought. Most professors are not like that. They're like, if you don't think like me, you're stupid and you're going to fail. So I wanted to learn how they thought. So I would ask them questions so that when they gave me a response, I would hear their mind and what they're looking for on an exam or in a paper. And my standard in school, like we have standards in the kingdom, was it was an A. That was my standard. And so if I didn't get straight A's, there was a problem. And I needed to address what the problem was so that I could fix it and make sure that I got an A. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's awesome. Did you get straight A's in law school? Yeah. She got straight A's in law school. Wow. Wow. I, I can tell that for her because she's just awesome. <laughs> Amen. So academic health, it, it's important, guys. It really is. And, and it's important to share your faith, too, because if you're not doing well academically, then how are you going to reach out to someone and say, uh, you know, come out to my church? Well, weren't you, like, late to class and, like... Didn't you get like a D? You were in my group, man. You weren't like committed. But come to church. It's awesome. Come on, bro. Yeah. Come on, bro. No. It's not going to happen, guys. Yeah. You're disqualifying yourself here. Um, I appreciate everything what Patrice said there. Um, and I think another thing in regards to academic excellence is making sure that your schedule doesn't, like, you don't fit God into your schedule. You with me here? Yeah. You, you want to make sure that when you plan your schedule, you plan your schedule around the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Now, that might be like, woo. Well, there's some classes that maybe you just can't get out of. You with me here that are required. Amen. Communicate that and make sure people know. But I know for me, um, here I am. I'm at Cornell Ivy League School. I'm driving up an hour and a half to get to church. And one of the things I did is that I said, you know what? I'm going to plan my schedule. And back in those days, we had midweek on Thursday to accommodate some folks. And so I planned my schedule from Monday to Thursday. That would be my schedule. And then I would go leave, drive up Thursday night for midweek, and I would actually spend the weekend in Syracuse. Get up at 6 a.m., have a quiet time, and then drive down back to Cornell for my 8 a.m. lab. Mm-hmm. That was my schedule. Nice. And I, I said, I took my laptop, made it happen, because I, I didn't, I didn't want to miss anything. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be in studies. I want to move the ministry. And so we got to keep having that heart and make sure that our academic excellence is um, also working with our spiritual excellence as well. Well, let's close out here, guys. We talked about spiritual, academic, and now finally, ministry excellence. Well, what is ministry excellence? It's your group. It's your group on campus. Um, I'm not sure. Well, what's the largest campus group here in London? Uriel. Sorry? Uriel. Uriel? Okay, how many, how many disciples do you have there? Six? Come on. No, guys, that's huge. That's huge. In the States, if you have, um, I think it's more than four or so in your group, you could start a club. Yeah. You guys are club status? Yeah. So you're getting money from the university? Awesome. Oh, maybe it doesn't work like that here. Well, long story short, in the United States, once you get club status, uh, it's good because then it helps against the persecution. But it also helps because you get money that we can use to do like parties, food, all this stuff. And so with many directions, take a look at Acts chapter five here. 
Um, it's very, very important to make sure that your ministry has an identity. Yeah. Um, I didn't bring it today, but we have these shirts, man, that are awesome for our campus ministry. It's called Disciples of the Cross. If you go on Facebook, look up Disciples of the Cross, you'll see it. Like the insignia, it is tight. On the back, it says, intelligence is not a substitute for integrity. You know, telling people like, listen, it's okay to be smart, but it's intelligence is not a substitute for having being a man and woman of integrity. That's what we're about. And so you got to have an identity. Get a Facebook page. Get great invites. Don't have like some cheesy invites you're handing out to people. They're not going to be impressed. Wear shirts. Get some shirts. Get the money to do that. Um, do something with apologetics. You know, the reason why I kind of got involved in apologetics is because I wanted to make an impact on campus and deal with these philosophers and all these um, science majors that don't think that there's evidence for God, which is foolish. Um, have a campaign. Yeah. In the fall and in the spring. Motivate people with prayer. And I think the, the key thing is that you got to play hard, but you also got to work hard. And I think, you know, if you're having a good time uh, having parties, having fun. Like campus ministry needs to be fun, guys. You with me here? Uh, I'll close out with this quote here for you. Um, it was really cool. It says, almost all great revivals and missionary movements started on the college campus. Also, negative revolution movements have found their birth at the university. Movements such as Nazism, Marxism, and Communism. Every revolution, good or bad, had a great influence on students who were hungry for change and willing to lay down their lives for a cause. The question as disciples is, We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.